everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing in life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org, and we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You can learn more about the PNWA at pnwa.org. So I took this week off, but I wanted to share uh, an interview I did about a year and a half ago with uh, Paul Harding, who won the Pulitzer Prize for Tinkers and uh, back in 2010, and who released his most recent book was This Other Eden. And I just thought it was such a great conversation, and we talked about or he talked about how much he doesn't have any presumption about what's coming next and how writing taught him not to have any presumptions about the, the next sentence, the next scene. And this is something that keeps coming up in my own work and in my own lessons and with clients. So I just so appreciated this conversation, so liked it, that I wanted to share it with you again. So here it is, my conversation with the wonderful Paul Harding. Enjoy. Well, all right. We've got Paul Harding here with us. Paul, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Ah, oh, I'm good. You got to feel good. You got book number three. Let me find it. There it is. Yep. Coming out is. soon. This other reading. Whoo, doozy. Doozy of a book. How you feeling? <laughs> so as we record this, the book will be dropping in a couple of weeks. Our listeners has probably just dropped. Well, how are you feeling at this moment regarding the book? Do you have any... I don't know. You know, it's funny. It's, it's, I think, you know, I basically, the last book came out 10 years ago. So, you know, I feel like wow. the proverbial locust, like I come out, you know, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny to have, to have those, that kind of uh, tension and release almost of, you know, you kind of, as it were, spend 10 years kind of by yourself alone, you know, working on this thing. And then, and then you, you give it over to the publisher and it goes out into the world and then you're kind of, at its service. Yes. Very strange. You know, yes. So that yeah. Gift from nothing more private to public. I, it is. And and you got to, I assume, so you have an unusual biography in that you started as a rock musician, a pop musician with a band called Coldwater Flat. And <laughs> I, I mentioned that because musicians, it's a very public, your art is done publicly. There's a private aspect to it, but it is ultimately a public experience. Yeah. Right. Right. And you got to like that. You've yeah. got to enjoy doing it in front of people right. back and forth. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that's, so that's the, you know, you know, going and then suddenly if, if we go back to readings in person, yeah. You know, yeah. Work in the room, you know? Right. Hey, you got to miss, you got to skip. <laughs> you cleverly yeah. skipped. Well, I had a book come out in the teeth of it and it sucked. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Oh, it does. That's brutal. I did a few appearances that, that way. I taught that way for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, I think, you know, pedagogically, it wasn't it, it wasn't as degraded a an experience as I was worried it would be. Right. You can still kind of teach and learn that way. Yeah. But it's not I I finally got back in teaching at conferences and stuff and just this past fall, and I was like, man, I I forgot how much I missed it and how much yeah. I loved the Yeah, the, it was. I, I had the the experience. We had our first um, little graduation party at the MFA program where I teach 
um, last spring. And, I, and it was really moving because I realized I, I met a number of students who I'd never met in person before, but I'd worked with them for two years. Right. It's right. very profound. As you know. So um, you, you're, so you, you have an, like I said, you have an unusual biography. You, you, you're playing in this band and you're doing well, you're touring. I mean, it's like you guys are doing it. You know, it's, it's not every band can do that, but you have a kind of epiphany that um, you you read, uh, what was it you read that sort of that lit, lit up fiction for you? You're oh, there's really- a whole, there's a whole bunch of things. You know, the the one that that years earlier that I really remembered reading and just, you know, having that mind blowing like you can do that was um big great big novel by Carlos Fuentes, Mexican novel. It's called, called Terra Nostra. Uh-huh. You know, and it's like people going through time and space and history and you know, and I just thought that was just it just blew my mind. And then and as I was kind of a reader, even though yeah. As a, I, I hesitate to say musician as a drummer, you know. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I could tell you all the dumb drummer jokes. Someday. I'm sure you can. <laughs> but um, but um, uh, the thing, we, the, the band that sort of was pretty much broken up or was getting close to it. Right. And um, so on kind of, a, not a whim, but I was kind of like, I think like a lot of writers, you think you're a writer for years before you actually try to write. You know, you could walk around like, I'm kind of the writer in the family. You know? <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. Not yet. But I, so I tried to write a couple of stories and went to the um, New York State Summer Writers Institute, which right. is up at Skidmore College. Um, and um, just by the luck of lottery, Marilyn Robinson walked in. Wow. And within, you know, I always said, but within 10 minutes of her starting to talk about literature and art and you know i was just like that's the life of the mind i want for myself that's it it was just wow game wow. set match like that's that was that you was find it. it interesting that so you're obviously you're an artist because so, you're drawn to music so obviously the arts were interesting to you probably yeah. from a young oh, age yeah but that it took that moment for your your i would i'll call it your real life's work to hit you because you weren't a young man at that point like you weren't a young man like when a lot of people learned they Writing nine years old is when most people know they like writers know they want to write. Yeah, no. Like, so I, I mean, I went to, I went and got an MFA degree. Um, right. Um, Iowa I, did the yeah, Iowa writers Iowa. thing. She, she taught there, and this is how naive I was. I was like, it's a state school. Cool. <laughs> hey, who anyone can get in? Right. I went oh, man, to you math. really didn't know, I, you know, did you? Wow. You know, two point nine GPA. Um, but I got I was just very, 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 very lucky. One of the things that I sent into Iowa was the short story, the first draft of Tinker's as a short story. Really? Really? Um, yeah. 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 It's weird because you can actually almost take the first five pages, the five pages that are dead in the middle and the last five pages of that book. And that was the original story. And it just sort of. Wow. But yeah, so I was I was 30. I was 31 or 32 when I went to get to get an MFA, yeah. Oh my God! So yeah. for our listeners and viewers who don't know, Tinker's was your first novel, and it won the freaking Pulitzer Prize. I mean, so I, I I have to I I I'm always curious about that experience when you I said this asked the same thing of um, wrote the life of Pi. Um, oh yeah, and Martel yeah, and yeah, and Martel, which is like okay, you know, it's the it's the experience a lot of people sit around dreaming about. Uh, and it must have kind of blown your mind. Like, how could you make sense of it? Because it was a small press that picked it up. 
right? At, at Bellevue Literary Press. Right. One, you know, they, at, at the time, they, you know, they, a boutique not-for-profit press that, you know, existed. <laughs> right? at the well, film. you're a debut novelist, literary novelist. It's not a high concept book. <laughs> and, and it's the, you know, it's the New York's, it's the NYU School of Medicine. That's, that's what is Bellevue, that what it is? Yeah, Bellevue oh Hospital. Oh my God. Now they, they've kind of, they've decoupled from, Be okay. but they were like, you know, a double wide janitor's closet at, <laughs> at Bellevue. <laughs> and, I, you know, the editor and I used to have, you know, these conversations on Friday afternoons about like, okay, put 20 copies in the back of your car and go and do a reading or whatever. And then, uh, you know, and then we'll see where we are if the press is still in existence on Monday. Wow. It was like that close to, wow. but it was wonderful. It was really, really great. Um, yeah. And then the, you know, the prize is just one of those things that, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it only becomes more improbable kind of as time goes do. on. It's just, it's, it's like winning the lottery. It was just so surreal. Um, and yeah. they don't tell you, they don't tell you. I, I found out by looking online. You did? That nobody <laughs> called you up and said, Paul, you, why not? Come on, no, you I was, slackers. Jesus, I was, I was call the man. I was teaching at Iowa. I knew they were going to announce the prize that day. You knew um, you were shortlisted or whatever. You no, knew. no, absolutely nothing. Come on. Nothing. Your publisher so didn't I know? Said, I, what? Your I knew nothing. Like, literally just. At, oh, just, my God. And so I was, I said, you know, oh, they're going to announce it today. So I'll find out who it is. And then we'll talk about it in my seminar, <laughs> you know, because you know, <laughs> prizes are a very kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sport, You know, half the world thinks. It's the end of, you know, that's the end of art, that right. jerk one, you know, and the other people. Right, like, oh. right. So I figured it would be kind of fun, you know, topic of conversation. And I just remember, I just went on and it was, it still had, I think it was Elizabeth Strout the year before, is all of Kittredge. Yeah. And I just, you know, hit Elizabeth Strout. So I started refreshing. <laughs> I just said Elizabeth Strout, Elizabeth Strout, Elizabeth Strout, Paul Harding, Paul Harding. Paul Harding. <laughs> that <laughs> must have been. God, that I must kind have been. Of, I, I sort of fainted. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just it was like the cartoon eyes and I just sort of slid off the couch in my cruddy little apartment. And then 90 seconds later, I was with the uh, Associated Press and it just went kaboom. It was just, I knew it was big, but it was big, bigger. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was crazy. You know, I, I have to admit, so uh, full disclosure, I'm not a fan of prizes for art because I think it's a little tricky. I think it's tricky because, you know, you're, how do you judge one piece better than another and everything? However, the one time I, the one of the reasons I like them is your story because it allowed you an opportunity that you would not have had with that book. I don't think had that not happened. Yeah. Right. Does that yeah. make, is that fair? Absolutely. And the cool, the coolest thing was that it, it had that kind of narrative with, you know, and it was, that was what was so surreal is to be the protagonist in one of those kinds of, you know, you remember like right. William Kennedy when he won for Iowa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crawling around with his book and nobody, you know, and then it's, you know, and it's just absurd. It's just so absurd. That's actually when having been in a band bore me in good stead because if I was, if I, I was a first time novelist, but I had been around the world a few times. I'd done lots right. of interviews. Right. I was 45, I think, something like that, 40, yeah, like 43, 44. When I, so, I would, if I was like 28 years old and it was really truly a first, I would have just been knocked off my perch. Yeah, just, yeah. Because there's two things that you can't, two equal, two reactions you can't, two ways you cannot act if you something like that happens to you. You can't act like you deserve it. And you can't act like you don't. You can't yeah, act like right. you don't deserve it either. Right, right. <laughs> we got to walk that line. For exactly the reason you said, which is I could have refreshed 
you know, that that page that day and one of uh, 200 other books could have come sure, up. And I would have said, sure. Good for them. That It yeah. is a lottery. It's just a lottery. Yeah, it, it, it just really is. But you've used it well. You gave yourself an opportunity. You wrote Anon and then Enon or not? Enon. Yeah. Enon. I, OK, so but then let's talk about. So then you have 10 years in between that and 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 this other Eden. Very ambitious yeah. book. Very, very ambitious book on a lot of levels. Um, but I, that's probably, I assume that you like the ambition of it, the enjoy the challenge of it. Yeah. yeah. But that 10 years is a long time not to be, I know you're working and I know you're yeah. teaching, yeah. but not to have finished, to have the experience of finishing something. Yeah, and it was very so, strange. Was it hard for you? Was it just, did you just settle into it? Like what was, how did, how did you deal with that? It was, um, well, I don't know. You know, it's that, it's that sort of you know, like 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 we were talking about before we went on. You're you're the kind of um, you know the tagline. You know, the idea that you're you're always writing. You, there's no there's no difference between myself as a writer and myself as a private citizen. That's, you know, that's, that's absolutely true. And, and and I think as you, I mean, in my experience, anyways, I just kind of knew that the book that I was working on was going to take a long time. Like I, you know, it took just a long time to get what's the vision here and to clear, right. clarify and watch it just come into focus over the years. And it's very layered and there's all sorts of stuff in it, but, you know, but it's engaging at every moment, you know, and that's one of the things after you've kind of done a couple or three books, you, you personally, you're impatient. You're like, I just wish this thing was yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Right. But kind of professionally or whatever, there's that discipline of like, no, just, you know, like Melville called writing Moby Dick ditcher's work. You just <laughs> get up every day and get the shovel, right? And you just, you, and it is, it is that kind of like, you know, you have faith in the process, man. Yeah. You know, like you really do, you know, you're kind of working brick by brick. But, you know, but, and you also have to keep it interesting for yourself. So I put everything, it's funny, people don't ask this any, so much anymore, but people used to say, so when you're writing a book, do you not read? You know, so it's like like plausible. Right, denial. well, that's one that's one approach. One thing I, I was like, every, I read, I double down on my reading and I throw everything I read into my books. Yeah. Like that's yeah. my kind of sense of like my informal definition of literary fiction is fiction that has been inspired by and is in dialogue with other literature and art. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know? I've not heard just, someone describe it that way. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Just, and just layering it. And when people read my books, if they, you know, they read this other Eden and they say, have you been reading Shakespeare? Have you been reading Melville? Right. You've been reading it. You know, I'm like, you're darn right. I have it, uh, right. the, 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 the privilege um, of influence rather than the anxiety of it. And so then that personal goal of, okay, if I'm going to kind of wear Moses my sleeve or, you know, or, or Emerson or you know, whoever it is, then, then it's, it's, you need to make your writing so that your the heritage or the traditions in, with, with which you'd like to be associated are clear, but you're not just imitating them or it's well, no, there's no point. It's, it's being inspired by what was it? I, I was, yeah. Frank Delaney said that T.S. Eliot said, Frank Delaney said, T.S. Eliot said that good poets borrow and great poets steal. And I, I right, they, and like make it yours. You got to make it yours. You got to own yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah. And so hit, getting it to hit that critical mass of yeah. where it it you're working with a lot, lots of stuff that you love. You know, this other Eden is from John of Gaunt's monologue in Richard II, you know, the scepter dial, this, you know, yep. throne of kings. And I just go, geez, that's a cool, <laughs> I'm like a magpie. I'm like, ooh, that's shiny. I like that. Yeah, I just yeah. throw it in yeah. and you yeah. wait to see where, you know, if it if it 
implicates itself with everything. And that's kind of half the fun, very experimental. And I always, I always proceed, but, you know, and I think this is, but that um, the novel that I have in mind, you know, platonically is better is I'm not a good enough writer to do it. Right. But then there's this idea too, that the novel itself, the material itself is, smarter than you are absolutely and there, and there yes. are ways of working yeah. with it that are impersonal that then you start to see like whoa that's what that's cooler than anything i could have thought that's right of. that's right and you get it from it's like mu music music musicians you know like beethoven all those piano sonatas yep. were initially improvisations and so i'm always kind of permutating and moving stuff around and and and, and uh, if it's a mosaic tessellating and weaving and just trying different things um and so i don't mind that you know it's 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 experimental in that way and then when it starts to take on its own power but it also is drawing on the power of all those traditions you know because it's suddenly part of this it it, it becomes deeper because you're thinking of moses in this case and you're thinking of shakespeare and you're thinking of all that um and you know, you're always trying to get the language to, to a point of saturation where everything starts to feel like it's associated with everything else. There's that kind of all fits together. It is. It is. There's an integrity to it that you have. Yeah, to that's what you're, yeah. Like, like almost an organic integrity because you want yeah. to feel that way. You yeah. know, I I always think with books that or any story is that the idea, the the impulse, I think arrives to serve in service to my life to my curiosity to my but then this is the switch once it does i'm in service to it start one way and then you gotta be you gotta say now i'm following you it's and I gotta trust you it's utterly selfless at that point yeah and 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 that's the one of the that's that's that jolt of electricity that i love so much is when you look at something you go i didn't do that i, I didn't i couldn't yeah, have done you that did. Like, I'm smart, you were I'm there and you you just go you're like you know you kneel down and say thank you Art, yeah, that's right. capital A yeah it's just so cool there's just something that no, nothing nothing besides art can kind of do well, that I love someone asked um, Keith Richards oh you wrote the greatest guitar solo ever he's talking about the the satisfaction riff and he just said well I was glad I was there when it came along yeah which I thought yep. he gets it and you, yeah. there is that sense of like you gotta just I always think writing is my job is to be in the frame of mind where art can occur. Absolutely. Right. right? I, and I got to get there. And then you then the what we call craft is like working with what happens when I get there. That. Yeah. Does that makes sense. So, absolutely. I feel like I'm an amanuensis. I'm just there to take dictation. My job yeah. is to shut up and listen. But really and shut up. up. Like, it's, yeah. it's not that easy to shut up. Like, you got right, right. to do it. Because shutting up means going into each day's right into every sentence without presumption. Yes. You don't already yes. know. You don't know. If you, if you did, it's not worth typing up. That's right. Right. Yeah. I, I wrote a book called Fearless Writing because I, I teach this emotional challenge of writing. And I taught the class. And I was like, well, I'll write the book based on the class. It's a nice thing to have. So I said, I've taught it. I'll just write the thing that I taught. And I did sure. that for two days. And I was like, this is the most boring experience I've ever had. Even though I've taught this, I've got to write to discover or I can't do it, which I, right, right, which right. I did. Then it got interesting. Then Even it got interesting. I talked and taught. But I was like, no, no, I'm going to discover. Yeah. Without that, it's nothing. And then I think that that's, you know, a, a, a in line with it. So I did, so this is, something comes, you know, it's very kind of mystical in a way, you yeah, know, without sure, sure. it, but just something comes. And like, so if I'm sitting at the drums, 
it precipitates, it starts to precipitate. Yeah. yeah. And with writing, I write like a drummer. Like I, I, I think of like how many beats, what's the tempo? Yeah. What's the, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And you're, if you're the drummer, you're the timekeeper. And if you're writing yeah. narrative prose, it's all about how you're moving time around and moving the reader yes. through it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I think like being a musician, that's why you work up your technical chops, you know? Ah. Uh. Yes. For, so the so for the, te the technical chops are obvious. I'm teaching myself to play the guitar in the last year. I love it. I love it. But, you know, there's a lot. There's nothing in life will teach you to play the guitar until you actually pick one up and try to do it. You know, right. yeah, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's not like the piano where it's kind of there for you in certain yep. ways. Right. Yeah. But yep. but you, but they're the chops. And so talk to me about the chops of writing. I mean, I know my version of it, but like what is the technical chops you feel like you've had to learn to be able to translate the th inspiration when it comes. Um, well, if, if for a, if if anybody takes a look at the the books, one of the things is that I don't I I don't I don't write. Uh, they're not very plot driven. Or if they you know right. one very it's Tinkers is a guy lying in bed and he's going to die and he's trying to think of he's trying to kind of come up with this portrait of his father as a gesture of reconciliation, kind of his father left the fan. You know, so they're very, very straightforward that way, you know. Um, and so, you know, so I think of things that are in, you know, strict temporal sequences, kind of mechanical, right? You know, it's just, right. but since I, my writing, I, I, you know, is, is more um, character-based. And so it's, a lot of it's very interior. And right. I think the way our minds work is very supraluminal, it's quantum. Right. You know, you totally can agree. Of course, you're, there's no boundary in a way. Right. There's no. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's, what do they call it? like it's entanglement. You can be, you know, at the Christmas tree in 1974, you know, <laughs> like and then you can be somebody. Right. You know, so learning how to, you know, make make that kind of synchronous or that kind of quantum movement. Yes. How do you recreate something which is so ineffable, really? Because yeah. it's also it's all none of it. I would say one thing, weird thing about writing, which I think is different than all the other art forms, is so you're playing the drums, you get to pick up the sticks and bang on that thing and make a noise that you can hear with your ears. And there it is. Right? Yeah. And there it is. And you can see the drums. And but when you write, you are describing the five senses, but you are not using your five. I mean, you are physically doing right, something right. to write, but it's not really a five sensory act. Right. It's a thought act. Yeah. And, right? and, and so it's out of all the art forms, it's the only one that's pure thought. Yeah. And it's um, and that's what you know, that's again, that's one of the challenges I love about it. So it is, it's how do you get all that like the simultaneity of experience of consciousness or whatever it is yeah. in diachronic prose, right? You know, yeah. you have to read one sentence and yeah, it's right, right. And then I like to move readers around, you know, so I move them around temporally, but then points right. of view, I like to be able to. I always shift back and forth between present tense and past tense, future tense, blah, blah, blah. And then I like to use, I like to use lots of different genres. Like in the new book, I lost count. Then the new book, there's like eight or 10 different genres. You know, there's like sort of this cat, there's a catalog from a museum exhibition. There are newspaper right. articles, right. There are medical report. Right. All right. These. And so to try to get all that stuff in, but then move the reader through them without hearing the motors or, you know, just moving the reader and the reader. Have it be fluid and natural as opposed to saying, oh, look, he's doing that. And oh, look, he's doing yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And this, you know, we know there's plenty of writers who like to have the inside on the outside. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And at yeah. the end, like, isn't, meta, a little meta. Aren't they so clever? Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, because that's what I want is like maximum, I want to load 
how you know i think of like if it's a 200 page 200 pages long i want it to still feel like it's 1200 pages deep but oh, not nice. exhausting you know yeah. so yeah. that idea of maximum kind of like density but not like density difficulty but just you want to i, I think of my readers brains as a light as a filament right. i want to just light it up you know and well every sentence having a purpose one of the things I, i've been watching the get back documentary about the beals one of the reasons i liked the beals was i always felt that every instrument had a purpose they weren't like every compositionally oh, yeah. they were doing something with every the bass was doing something they weren't just everybody Absolutely. playing the same chord they were doing Absolutely. something right yeah and it's like every sentence is there for a purpose right and, and if it doesn't serve its a purpose it goes out right it's gotta every, go every sentence um you know it's funny when you the, my the i won't show anybody my manuscript until i feel like it's as close to just being yeah like, yeah, cover yeah. On it and get it. I, I just because i just want to be alone with the book as long as possible sure but the first person i usually give it to um when i'm ready is uh my dear friend and incredible teacher elizabeth mccracken okay and um and she one of those people that you know, it's one of the coolest things is is when somebody says something to you about your writing that you go that's exactly what I what I would have thought if I had thought about it. you know <laughs> she, said, she said it's like you try to make it so every sense has its own soul oh nice and I was like oh my god that's exactly you know you, right right you think about that like in a Shakespeare play or whatever you know sure. once somebody comes on they're on for one while that one line is what's being read it means the entire universe right right you know so there's no oh, that's a nice no... that's a nice compliment you got there loitered that and give it to my mom for christmas or something but yeah so it's just and so it's just that the joy of just going in and working with the language and working with how in english verbs work and time work yeah yeah and then like you said it's it's you know it's it's you know you are you're trying to immerse it's immersive you're trying to appeal to the reader in terms of the five senses but it's all through language it's also and that ideal of uh, you know and again i never you know but my i have the ideal of i want the prose to be so lucid and so clear that the reader forgets they're actually just reading exactly like it just becomes yes experience. yes absolutely you know? absolutely um you mentioned my tagline uh i like to think that what it takes to write is what it takes to lead a life that there's no difference between writing and the rest of my life. And one of the things I've been frustrated with writing instruction is that there's, they differentiate, like there's this thing we do and then it's a separate distinct. And it's like, it's so, so not the case. I know what that means for me in terms of yeah. being creating on purpose, no matter what I'm doing, kind of being deliberate in what I think and do is yeah. the best of my ability. I always thought if I can live the way I write, the way I feel when I'm writing, I would love to be there all the time. I can't, but Right. get closer but what does it mean to you when you say when you say that you're always writing how how does that what does that translate to, to someone who doesn't know what that means well i mean um you know working on a book for 10 years you know just what i'm no matter what i'm doing i'm thinking <laughs> yeah. about or you know i'm trying to think about oh you know one of the things is i i have two hard copies of the 20 volume oxford english dictionary <laughs> one, of, one of the old ones and one of the new ones i just read the dictionary I just read the really? look up words and just because if you read the quotes of the words back to when you can I can you know you back, I can yeah. read middle English but not old English right. you just think wow that word is centuries deep right yeah you know? and so yeah you know, just thinking just sometimes I'm just thinking about like oh geez you know 
what about that word for that character there? Where that character that character said that, and is there is there any other resident? So just always kind of like just fiddling around with stuff. Yeah, and and you know it's like it's 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 kind of like I think of it like this, you know because I'm thinking of single word sometimes. Sure, just, it's like a jeweler or a watch, you know, and just calibrating and just so there's just always something to be uh, um, absorbed in, interested you know? in. It's nothing yeah, better. Somebody just some t- there's a great uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called Stutz about Jonah Hill's psychologist who's done some great work with him and he said energy comes from engagement not rest but engagement right, right? you yeah. think like engagement will exhaust you but if you've ever been sometimes there's a tiredness after writing but there's full that simultaneously there's an energy there too there's yeah yeah it's an exhilaration and a yeah. kind of yeah. I, you know, I because another aspect of this too is that I've been uh, teaching writing now for like twenty five years. Right, it's crazy, right. but um, but that that was another thing that used to drive me crazy is when I would read interviews with writers who would say, "Oh, I hate teaching so much and everything because it it burns out the part of my brain that I want to save for writing." I never felt that way. Yeah, it doesn't. Do when it I teach writing. writing, I'm teaching myself. Yes, yes. You know, absolutely. You're, and you have to account for yourself because there's a bunch, you know, there's a bunch of grad students going, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and you're like, no, 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 because, and then you, you have to articulate how you actually, what you, how you actually feel about these things, and you have to account for yourself, and you, and you know, so that's another thing is the energy and the intensity that it takes to be a good teacher it, I, is commensurate with, you know, I, I was just like, I'm just going to bring my level of, att- you know, with the teaching and with the writing, and just never I go down. I totally agree. And it's practice. It's like a muscle. You can't just, you know, but learning how to pay the closest and the best attention possible and to sustain it, yeah. to just keep it sustained. Like, yeah. you know. Um, Do you like it when you get, as this happened to me, I, I, I really like, I don't like it in the moment, but when you get a question, you can't answer. When they, in the moment, you, you get the question in the moment and you can't answer it. And then you, from, that's what happened to me. I'll spend a week or a month till I finally can answer it. You know, is that, that ever yeah, happen yeah, absolutely. To you? I've had there have been many times where like at like one in the morning. How do you do that? Or what what do you mean by that? I send an email to the class. I'm like, about Joe's class. <laughs> right, you know, right, like you know, right, I've had some right. time to think about that. And I think, you know, you you it's it's always wonderful when you when somebody does that because it's always somebody is just taking well, something. Novice, sometimes someone who's like brand new to it. And they say yeah. one student say one time I just said, okay, remember, and you're doing memoirs. You got to put it in scene. Make sure it's in scene. And she said, what's a scene? And I was like, I, I was like, oh, I've never thought to try. Like, like I, so I figured it out. But man, I've never, I thought everybody knows. What's a scene? Yeah. And I had yeah. to sign to find the language to actually break that down. Yeah. There's absolutely. so many things that see, you know what it is, Paul? There's things you know that you didn't even know you knew. Right. Right. That just, you so took for granted. And then yeah. someone says, how did you do that? And you're like, I don't even remember learning it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's like one of the hallmarks of teaching. And again, you know, you write the kind of books that you'd like to read, right? Absolutely. And you yeah. teach the way that you loved to be taught, right? Right. right. And for right. me, the the highest, you know, the, the thing to aspire to with teaching is your, your role as a teacher, you're, you're, you're not telling in some ways you're not this technical stuff that, but in some, in the deepest way of being like, you know, okay, we're all advanced human beings. Right. I just don't know how to write better you know so I, right. like so you're just pointing stuff out you know it's you know and that that idea that like it's you're it's, you're you're not telling anybody anything 
they didn't already know. You're just pointing things out that they never thought of. Yes. Or they've never looked yes. at it that way. And yes. that's because yeah. that moment of the minute you say it and the minute they they go, oh my God, that's absolutely, yeah. it's recognition. Yeah. So it's not data. It's just like, oh, literally, I've just never looked at it that way. That's right. Same, same with what I'm trying to do as a writer. And you know, my favorite experience as a reader, you get to at the end of a book, a chapter, a paragraph, a sentence, and you stop and you go, wait a minute that's right. absolutely true i've always known that it's true i've just never that's right it, seen it put into words yes before. that's right that's, that's so much what our job is, is yeah to point out what is true because if it's the truth it has to exist before you wrote it right right, right? Yeah. To, if it's the truth you can't invent it right it's but recognition recognition good yeah. stuff good stuff paul there <laughs> it is people this other eden get it read it you're going to love it. But I, listen, good luck with all the fun that you're going to have talking to people. The conversation now goes out. It's not just you and you. Now it's you and people like me and whoever. Yeah, right? this, is, this, right? is, this is what. how lucky am I to get to have conversations oh, like this. It's great. I love to have them, but I'm not quite done with you, my friend. I'm not quite done. I got one more question for you. Okay. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about all the writing you've done since you started writing. And finish the sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Um, never to presume anything. Yeah. God. Our egos don't like that, do they? No. <laughs> the ego wants to know, doesn't it? <laughs> well, then you go, I'm so smart for knowing that. <laughs> yeah, right. then, then, yeah. It's, it's, it has to do with, you know, you know, you're working with characters and you want, and that goes back to recognition, you know, in order to have somebody read, to, you know, I remember we did Tinkers and, you know, the editor and I were like, this is a New England book we'll be lucky if we sell 2500 right. covers right. whatever and then i went you know after the prize i went around the world and there were people i mean one guy saying to me is in cape town he's like did you did you live in one of the townships because the mother in tinkers is just like wow my, my mother you know because she's tough and she doesn't take any and th so there's that idea of like you know and and that you're so not only that people you could never imagine recognizing themselves in your books may you know and that's what i mean so you don't make any presumptions no you just you know to, um and also just the fact too that you think about what the books that are most important to you in your life mean to you and how important they are and th and this is where it's, it's not you know you, you aspire to it you don't assume it, but your books could mean that to other people they will they already have yeah they and, already and when have they, when they do you don't want to be a fool. You know, you, you know, you, it's very humbling, you know? And so that's it. You're like no presumptions because lack of presumption, you know, aspiring to be as, you know, as, as without presumption as possible to me is just like a way of just being respectful of other humans, you know, being, you know, respectful of other people's experiences of their own humanity, you know, not trying to coerce them into your version of things. I agree. I agree, Paul. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so Likewise. much. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you so much. What a great time.
Yeah, yeah, that was a great conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. It's it's, sta- it's one of those that has stayed with me, uh, honestly, and I have a lot of them, but, you know, probably for personal reasons. But so if it stayed with me, maybe it'll stay with you. I, I will be back next week uh, with my conversation with the lovely Carla Pensiera. But until then, until then, people, go find something you love to do, something that will stay with you, and then do it. Do it.